We made it. This is the Scum and Sneak fantasy football show about the LV Dynasty Fantasy Football League that we are all in. And week one is finally here. I am brimming over the edge with excitement. 48 hours. We've got our first game. And week one just it all encompasses it just makes me just feel so good and i know that everyone has just been waiting light years for this moment we always love doing these episodes gets into our nice groove for everybody who's listening just most importantly we just got football again y'all football it's it's pretty funny i feel like we've been talking about it and been so excited about it for so long now that now that we're actually here i'm like it doesn't feel real but super excited for Thursday for that opener game. We will touch on that later, but really just this full Sunday slate is going to be great. It's sort of watching football weekly. It's like the, the precursor of the fall season. And maybe most importantly, it's the start of the fantasy season. We can all see if the redraft teams that we created are any good at all, or maybe they're terrible. And us in our dynasty league and anyone else in the dynasty league, you can see if, you're going to make a run this year for a title. You're going to see if your rookie draft picks, maybe not right away if they're hits, but you can you know, get an inkling of that and really just see what you need to tool and tweak for the future. It's just oh, so good. Week one, there's nothing like week one, I'll say. Yeah, I think what's fun about week one too is like kind of what you just said, but there's going to be, a, there's going to be some extreme over and under reactions. Oh yeah, always under. Those, <laughs> those performances, I mean, we're going to have our, you know, stereotypical three touchdown Sammy Watkins day yep. for your like redrafters. You're like, I got to go get him. I got to go get him. And then you've got all of your dynasty leagues, most likely watching on your rookies that someone's going to end up being really stupid or not get a bunch of work or game script will indicate that they only get like five carries or whatever it may be. And then you're going to be freaking out. Like, what have I done? But that's, what's fun. At least about week one, there's extreme highs, extreme lows. Uh, but yeah, in, in terms of in terms of just overall, I know we've been waiting forever, and I feel like these next two days are going to just crawl. Especially that Thursday, we're going to be sitting at work at like nine a.m. Just been like we don't get football for eight hours. Like it's just it's the excitement is is just extremely palpable. And week one here at the Scum and Sneak Show, and then every subsequent week going forward is just super fun, where we hit you with hopes and dopes matchup predictions Thursday night game wrong it's just it just this feels like we're getting there you know there's a little bit of there's the leaves have changed the winds have shifted and we're finally on top of what everyone has been waiting for like we keep saying we're we're here and it's just it's just so exciting I just want to run up and down and jump into the lake yeah you know what someone has told me before is that the Scum and Shink weekly episodes when we're doing the matchups and everything. Uh, I've been told that it feels like home. So hopefully you guys feel the same way. Yeah, hopefully you feel at home with us by now. Uh, you know, it's one of those <laughs> homes where we, there's plenty of uh, conversations, arguments, hatred, uh, love. Uh, and that's what, uh, that's what makes us so amazing, really. Duh. The doy. Mm-hmm. Let's get into it. We've got a lot to cover today, but first got to start with a nonsense minute, and with the NFL season starting, not so much nonsense as it relates to not being about football, 
think I ask this every year, maybe in different sections of the podcast or whatever, but Shanique, what is your Super Bowl prediction for the 2022 NFL season? Mm, that's good. Super Bowl prediction. I'm going to go with... Hmm, wasn't ready for this one. That's why it's nonsense, man. That was good. Here, I'll, I'll hit you with mine first. All right. Uh, Got to hit with the... First off, the team that is ascending a lot of people's minds, a team that went all in with trades and, and signings and re-signings. And that is going to be your L.A. Chargers representing okay. the AFC. There you go. That's good. That's a fun, that's a fun it's one. It's time. We saw the Rams do it last year, kind of go all in. Uh, Chargers made their trade for Khalil Mack. They re-signed and extended Derwin James, who should be healthy. That's really the linchpin of this whole thing. But the offense is, is primed for a step forward under Justin Herbert. I know tough division there, not even just the conference, but tough division to get out of. Really tough conference, but the Chargers are making it out of AFC this year. Book it. Ooh, that's really, really good. All right, I'm going to go with probably not that. Uh, well, let me give you let me give you the their opponent first. The the Super Bowl oh. runner up. <laughs> I'm jumping. See, I'm jumping the gun over here. I just I'm, I'm so excited. I'm I'm, sh- I'm just shaking with excitement. All right, go ahead. My bad. So meeting them in the Super Bowl, I feel like you know lately too. There's there's lots of surprise teams that make it, you know, the Bengals last year, I think the Bucks Super Bowl run, at least during the middle of the year, kind of was a little bit of a surprise, a little bit improbable. So I'm going to go with a surprise team at the NFC, one that I've talked up with their offense this offseason and just kind of feels like, a, I don't know, could happen, just kind of odd things break their way. But I'm going to say the Minnesota Vikings oh. come out of the NFC. So Chargers Vikings Super Bowl, Chargers win uh, in a route, twenty-eight to ten. Dang! All right, all right. So say bookmark this, timestamp it, be ready come February. Dang, that's uh, I like that prediction. I'm gonna go like I was saying. I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna start with a team that I think a lot of people are expecting to be extremely good. They have been extremely good. They just haven't gotten over that hump. I'm going to start out with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. I Bills see are going to yeah. finally get to the Super Bowl. Uh, Josh Allen, that offense is is extremely good and exciting, and the defense has just gotten better and better every year. Uh, and then I'm going to go with, uh, and hopefully this can work. I don't, I don't know. I'm going to go with the Saints. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> can that work? <laughs> yeah. They're in different conferences, okay. yeah. Uh-huh. I'm going with the Saints because I think their defense is going to be underrated this year. Uh, and then I think they've got a handle on Jameis to where he can go out there and throw it, but they're not going to want him to go out there and throw a 30 interception. So they're going to rely on the running game, rely on um, just like having a, just a balanced, easy-peasy offense. And I think their division, uh, besides the Bucks, I think they've got a chance. So I'm going to, pull, I'm going to go with the Bills. And Saints in the Super Bowl, Bills win 31-24. Okay, fun Super Bowl. I like just like kind of what I did, another dark horse kind of pick. I've seen, who said it? Someone said that Jameis was going to be the MVP, like that was their pick on one of the sports networks. I don't remember who. So, you know, if that breaks right, yeah, they could be in the playoff hunt for sure. 
but it really depends on one is Michael Thomas back and like, like well, I just said it is can Jameis not throw 30 interceptions yeah. that's the question can he manage enough to where the running game Kamara can he do enough just to rely to have the running game and the defense bring him bring him home most times we'll see all right we will see on both of those predictions and if oh too fun already before we get into the league the LV dynasty league that we love to talk about love to share with all of our listeners I got some things I want to break down for you, Shanique. We are a dynasty football podcast overall. So I want to take a little look at the 2023 class, specifically running backs, specifically Cartavius Bigsby, also known as Tank Bigsby. Oh my gosh. What a good segue. Now, Tank Bigsby is someone that if you play dynasty and if you've been looking at college production, college player profiles. He's a name that you know, but just wanted to point out that this past week in his game, Auburn versus Mercer, Tank had 16 carries for 147 yards and two touchdowns. Mm, what a line. Not to mention one catch for two yards. So, hey, got a, got a, little, a little extra there. You know, looking forward to PPR. I think they'll be good in that way. But just – a highlight of, of a good player who's one of the top running backs in the 2023 class, someone that I think whoever ends up drafting him will be excited to get, you know, we're kind of regardless of who drafts him in the NFL, but uh, yeah, just pointing out tank, giving you a little tank Bigsby fact and excited again for that class overall. Yeah. I know we just basically had week one of college, all of the big running backs had great games, really. Uh, so it was, it's going to be fun for those like you, me, maybe T, Jimbo, whoever it may be, even Brendan or whoever's got first next year to watch uh, and to see if these running backs can continue, you know, what they did week one throughout the, the whole college season going into next year and, and seeing if any of them are going to be first-round picks or whatever, where they're going to land in the NFL because there's probably – at least a good six top tier running backs coming out next year that you want to get on your team. That will be immediate starters, I guess, depending on where they go in the NFL, but in fantasy wise, it's going to be like, yeah, these are the guys, right? Yeah. On top of a bunch of high level receivers too. So get in on that 23 draft. If you have not yet. No, it's not that good. Get in on 24. I hear that's the new thing. Is that the new one? Braylon Allen, Travion Henderson, Marvin Harrison Jr. Hello. Marvin Harrison Jr. That's fun. Yeah, he's on he's on your Ohio State team. Hello. Oh, yeah. Now, did he do good this last week? Yeah, I think so. He did good. He did fine. Apparently Stroud sucks, so maybe like that's what's holding him back. Yeah, maybe. That's a fun uh question though. Was CJ Stroud made and like you know projected to be this number one pick just because he was throwing to Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson? And Jackson Smith and Najigba. Is that they just have it way too easy? Oh, well, I mean, he still ended up having like a good game, maybe not the 400 yards, four touchdowns, or whatever, maybe, but he still was good. Yeah, and they won. Marvin had five for 56. Okay. Yeah. And Jackson only had two for three. Maybe he's yeah, did he, he got hurt, didn't he? 
I don't remember. Yeah, I think I saw something. He's got a knee or some sort of sprain. He's going to be out for like two weeks. Mm. Well, it's probably better for him anyway. Just chill. Yeah. All right. Do you have a, a tank fact type thing for well, me? It's kind, it's kind of similar to the one that you said, but, uh, you know, for me, really just talking about tanking overall now that we're going into week one. Uh, and, you know, tanking kind of has that stigma of a word, but it's clear that there's me, you, maybe Jimbo a little bit, Tyler. There's teams that, you know, that want to quote unquote tank. And so I think just not really a tank back, but just kind of talking about it in general. We're going into week one, we're going into the real regular season where is there going to be a team in the league that falters out the gate that goes maybe loses two of the first three or goes 0 for 4 and starts to think, well, is this not my year? Do I need to start making moves? Do I need to try to get my hands on a 23? Or, or even a 24. So just kind of, not necessarily, like I said, a tank back, but just kind of, we're getting into that time of year now where you could become part of that tank conversation if you don't do what you think your team should do. And I think it's just important that we kind of just touch on that because sometimes the tank life just comes out of nowhere and you have to jump on it. Now, first of all, I'd like to say that none of those teams you mentioned have declared or officially will be tanking because the 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 commissioner said we were penalty kicks. So no one's doing that for the record. But if they were doing that, I think you're absolutely right. And it's something that we actually saw last year. Brandon, you know, with a stacked team, had a little bit of injury bad luck, but got down in like a one in four, one in five hole or something like that and could never claw his way out of it, even with that roster. So he was a team, uh, I don't, yeah, he didn't even end up owning his first round pick. So he was a team that despite the roster, despite uh, kind of being set to compete, was forced into that tanking mode. So something we can definitely see again. I just took a quick look at the first couple of weeks schedules and actually Brandon's isn't that easy to start off with neither Chase or Jesse uh, just kind of off the bat. So there's some names to watch out for just, uh, just in the spirit of what you were talking about. Surprise tanks. Yeah. The tank rarely do you choose the tank life. It just chooses you. Ain't that the truth. <laughs> All right. Well, we are going to, Use that as a segue. You know, speaking of tanks, surprise tanks, how people are going to fare. Let's refresh everyone on the power ranks. We just went over them last week and they haven't changed. But just to reiterate and have it fresh in everyone's minds as we go into the matchups, let's talk about them ranks. And as always, starting from bottom to top, Scum down at the bottom, number 12, Big T at 11. Neat guy at 10. Jimbo at 9. We got a tie for our 7 and 8 spot. So tie for 7. Jason and Doug, or Jason and Jug as we proclaim them. Number 6 is Jesse. Number 5 is Ben. 4 is Wade. 
in the top three, Gooch at three, Brandon at two, and the number one spot goes to the reigning champion, Ernie Fritz. Those are the rankings going into week one. I don't see a reason to shuffle anything around right now, do you? No. There's been one move since last week. Uh, it was the trade, and now's a good time to go over it, too, between Jim and Wade, the elder statesman of the league. Mm-hmm. Jimbo trades Van Jefferson, a 2023 fourth, a 2023 third, or 2023 seventh, sorry, and a 2024 first for Michael Gallup, a 2023 third, or two 2023 thirds, and a 2024 fifth. So essentially, the trade is Van Jefferson and a first for Michael Gallup and two thirds. I think those are the main pieces of the trade. So First we, off, I guess I'll say that. How do you that. feel about that, Scum? Just on the top of your tongue, how do you feel about that? Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like it's a decent move. I feel like a first is a little pricey for Gallup. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Just for Gallup, like after you an injury. Confirmation that 24 first was the one to be keeping your eyes on. Yep. But he got two thirds back for next year, which is a deep draft. I figured that I, I think that's what he's thinking, um, and definitely got the better player back. And if Michael Gallup is back from injury, um, is kind of who we thought he was on track to become. Maybe it's not so bad. So I don't hate it. Uh, I wonder if Jim could have done it for a little cheaper. Probably not, knowing how Wade makes deals, but. Yeah, I don't think it's terrible on either end. Um, but also, I don't think it factors into either of them losing or gaining a spot in the rankings. Yeah, that, that 24 first for Gallup kind of struck me as, oh, dang. Uh, is, is, you know, Gallup could, and I do believe Gallup comes back just fine here in a couple of weeks. And yeah. he's back to who he was and is going to be really good. But a first for for a, a number two receiver on his own team. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I, I think, yeah, but really what you said, it's like he wanted Gallup and dealing with Wade, he kind of just, if you want anyone on his team, you, there's no way that you're ever going to come out on that on top. And so you might as well just do what you got to do if you want to get him. And that's what he did. Yeah. I think the thinking too is even if Gallup's not 100% back this year, Probably would be back to full health for sure next year. Still a talented player, so Jimbo's counting on him. And then ETN, maybe Aaron Jones still. You know, his his current group to to take him and compete in 2023, where he's not in the bottom group like he is now. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to he's thinking that maybe his draft position will be towards the bottom, making that 2024 first. You know, uh, valued a little less. So if, if that happens, say Jim wins next year and he traded 112 in 2024 for Michael Gallup, maybe not the worst, right? But if it's like 1-3, that's a problem. Yeah. So we'll see. But yeah, that doesn't change the rankings. Um, and again, nothing else happened where we would have changed the rankings. No one Blew an ACL for an important uh, 
position on anyone's team. Yeah, I think that's everything we said last week still applies. And we will go into week one considering those teams ranked as such. So that's the ranks. That is the rankings. Let's take a break here. Listen to a word from one of our sponsors, and then we'll get into the matchups. This episode of the Scum and Sneak Show is brought to you by Sneak Inc. Flash Sneak Sweets. It's week one, folks, and you know what that means. The tradition that lives on in all of our hearts and minds. Week one of football, you've got to have donuts. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it, and Sneak Sweets is here to give you the best recommendations for donuts. If you're in the Vegas area, you've got to hit Winkles. Sprinkle, cake, donuts. Don't miss out. It is a favorite of Sneak Sweets. We're in the process of creating our own Sneak Sweets donuts recipe. But until then, make sure you get your hands on a wonderful set of donuts. This week, week one, sitting in front of the TV for seven hours of commercial-free football. You have to do it. Sneak Sweets recommend cake. And we're back, and I must say, I love me some donuts, especially that Sunday morning, nice fresh cup of coffee. I'm a, I'm a pink box guy myself, but nothing wrong with a nice Winchell's Sprinkle cake donut as recommended by Schnee Sweets. Mm, can't wait. And while you're sitting there eating your donut, drinking your coffee, you're going to be watching the games, of course, but you're also going to be watching these fantasy matchups. So let's get into them. Let's start off with an absolute banger of a matchup. We've got the bottom team in the league, the number 12 scum team. Scum and get your love versus number three, high-speed chase. Mm. Now, some would think this would probably be a blowout since I'm the bottom team, but you know what? I think the boys are going to put up a fight. So so let's, let's look at this. I got Trey Lance, hot topic in the league, but he's got a weak opponent in the Bears, so I expect him to, to do just fine, probably meet his projections. But like we always like to point out, we've got a reverse stack situation. Not only does Chase have on his starting lineup Brandon Ayuk, but he also has George Kittle. So really anyone besides Debo that gets a touchdown, it's, it's going to probably not go in my favor. That's not the number one thing holding me back, but if, if Rex Burkhead doesn't get uh, passing down work, then my only viable running back is Kareem Hunt. And at that point, no matter what my receivers or tight end does, just won't be enough to go up against Chase, who's starting Matt Stafford in the Thursday night game, which I feel like is going to be a shootout. Javante Williams and Saquon Barkley, just a tandem that I love. And really good matchups this week. Seattle yeah. and Tennessee, like, they should both have really good games. Keenan Allen against the Raiders, normally torches the Raiders. I talked about the San Francisco guys. And it doesn't even matter if Cam Akers is good or not in the opener because I think Chase will have enough 
it'll just be a little closer than maybe we're all thinking. I like I like that answer. I think it, I think it's a good way of putting it. He's going to win. It might be a little bit closer than we thought. Just kind of looking again. If if you're not lucky enough to get maybe like a weird Rex Burkhead, like he catches like two 10 yard touchdowns or something. And I think like I think Higgins is probably going to have a kind of a mediocre-ish to slow, like more of a deadish type game against Pittsburgh. You know, you might get yourself into something fun with Hollywood Brown in Kansas City, but even if your team really performs a way that it, you know at the top end of their abilities, you're you're kind of you're just you're going up against just some tough opponents that have really good matchups. I mean. I don't know the state of the Bears defense these these days, but and you're going to benefit too with Trey Lance if, if the Bears are horrible and the the Niners go in there and have a really good game. Even if Lance does something amazing and gets you a thirty or something thirty five, the IU Kittle they've got to be reaping some of those benefits. So really, throw defense in there. You're probably looking at only projected to lose by twenty. We do project you to lose, but. Yeah, nothing really else I can say. Nothing I can look into the benches either. And I'm sure you've already scoured it to see what you can do to try to make up for it. Yeah, it's it's just kind of where we're at with that matchup. You're gonna probably do decent, but it just it'll be a little bit. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> then what you need? Don't expect to win. I would like to not win. I hope to to lead the league in moral victories this year. 14 and 0 in moral victories, beating the spread. But yeah, just not just not enough. Which it's okay. It's it's fine. It's I'm totally good. I'm I'm totally I'm not upset about it at all. But just an overall yearly thing for you. I know that you've got some sneaky upside feelings for Isaiah McKenzie. So you do have him on Thursday playing that new slot role. You gotta gotta have someone in the Thursday game, right? Yeah, you're you're got that just for pure watchability. But it'd be interesting to see on some of these and like the Gerald Everett. For the Chargers, is he involved in that passing game and to what level? So I think you've got some some fun guys to just kind of look into. But again, Gucci is just too stacked. Young young running back cores, you know, it's just it's just too much. Yeah, that that's a fun running back core. So it is one to watch for this yeah, year. They all should, you know, barring injuries, they all should have pretty good years. And so it'd be interesting to see that Gucci team. All year, just de- deploying three running backs through the into the slot spot. It's just he should he should always have a pretty good edge on running backs throughout the year. Yep. All right, that's all she wrote on that one. Moving on to the number two ranked team, Brendan's. Uh, let me read. Bodum four on Kurtz hashtag one inner hurts. Yeah, what does the heck that mean? Vote vote for on Hertz, number one inner Hertz. Maybe he's a a big Jalen Hertz guy. We just never knew. Maybe. Anyway, he's playing the number six team, Hesse, not as good as I thought. So a playoff uh, contending matchup here. But... The projection show, and I think we would say the the edge, and it's not a slight one, goes to Brandon. He's got Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey in a fun matchup against the Cardinals. It should be pretty high scoring. 
Christian McCaffrey, you know, despite everyone's concerns or not concerns on his injury status, uh, he's good for week one. So he should be a, a solid 27 points, no problem. Yeah, probably doesn't score a touchdown. Right. You and I are, are both in on DeAndre Swift this year. You, I, I think, are kind of now in-ish on A.J. Brown, or at least less down on him. So uh, I would expect a, a good game from him, too, just going up against the Lions. Right. Michael Pittman against Houston should be good. Jerry Judy or Michael Thomas, whoever he puts in that number three spot, wide receiver three spot, should be interesting to watch. So maybe a little bit of vulnerability there. Same thing with the flex spot for Josh Jacobs. I mean, there's always questions about how much work he's going to get. So uh, maybe, again, maybe a larger portion goes to Zamir Zamir White and Amir Abdullah than we're thinking, and that could kind of hurt Brandon. But those other names that we talked about at the top, namely Christian McCaffrey and the Chief stack, uh, that should be enough to go against Jesse. He does have the other good quarterback tight end stack in the league, though. Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews. I think Dalvin Cook should have a good game against the Packers. Zeke against the Buccaneers, I'm not so optimistic about, so probably a dud there. And then he's got all the receivers in the same game, basically. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Well, I guess he t- he's not playing Julio, but uh, again, I don't think his receivers are just going to have that same oomph, uh, or at least the same ceiling that Jesse or that Brandon's might have. Yeah, and see, in order for him to quote unquote upset or win this one, is going to be relying on the Baltimore and then the Tampa Bay games because he's got five out of those his starting players in those two games. I actually have a, a higher thought on Elliott this opening week against Tampa Bay because last year the Cowboys opened up against Tampa Bay and only gave him like five carries and Dak went out there and threw it like 40 times and, you know, Dak was great, but this year, you know, different offense. Maybe they learn from last year and they try to slow things down and keep Brady and that offense off the field uh, and maybe use Elliott and Pollard more this this matchup. So I'm I'm expecting Elliott to have a better game, uh, but again, yeah, like you said, it's going to come down to that tight end and quarterback matchup. They both have really good matchups going against pretty suspect defenses, and then maybe it'll come down again to the flex. You know, right now we got Jacobs against Lockett. Maybe Hesse does some tinkering and decides to go full Tampa Bay, or tries to you know catch some sort of. Sneak some sort of maybe week one magic from a Robert Woods and against the Giants. I, I don't know. But yeah, Brendan gets the win here. Uh, kind of this, what we're talking, and it's kind of might be the theme. There's not a lot that we have confident in humongous point disparity blowouts. So it's going to be closer than we think. Uh, but Brendan's team is set up this year, not only this week, but this year too. To really always have a lot of advantages. I mean, we talked about in the past that this team is stacked. He's got tons of running backs and receiving options. Not as many receiving options as in the past, but McCaffrey Swift, you know, he's current, you know, Dobbins might come back, come on later in the year. He's got the rookie Brees Hall, uh, maybe another later or mid mid-year type person player to to break the uh starting lineup. Uh 
So I think it comes down to that quarterback tight end and that flex spot just to make or break this week one out. Now, I will go out on my limb and say, if Brendan does come out and loses week one, what will that do to the psyche of our do-nothing commission? Oh, absolutely crush it. It'll be over. It's got to just, it's going to just really just destroy his whole sense of being if he comes out here and loses week one against Hesse with the team that he has and the names that he's got on it. So, again, another, you know, sub storyline to watch the mental state of Brendan throughout this year, especially if he loses week one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, can't wait to watch it. But we pick him to win this week. So. Yeah, there you go. It'll be fine. If Scum and Sneak show, if, if Scum and Sneak know, if Scum and Sneak know what they're talking about, we always snow, snow, snow. Snow, snow, we're snocking this morning. Something we do know is that Eric's team, number one spot, Joe Marturo, is really good and plays the People's Commish, Jimbo, but he should have no problems with it. The people's commission, Jimbo. Well, we're looking at quite a matchup here, and it's almost like this one, as opposed to the first two you talked about, this one really strikes me as the blowout of the week. The scum and sneak blowout of the week. Blowout of the week. Blowout of the week. Let's go. The blowout of the week. Jimbo is getting blown out this week. Week one. Ernie gets a resounding uh, defending of his championship. Week one destruction of Jimbo. And the People's Commission will not be. I don't think he's going to be surprised, though, to be honest with you. I think he's expecting, expecting this week one. But you did mention earlier Pollard, Etienne, and Aaron Jones is not a bad three running back, assuming Pollard really plays that one B role in Dallas. Receivers are just are really not looking good at all. I expect Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and Corbin Sutton, currently the receivers that Ernie is starting to just absolutely torch. Lazard, Valdez, Scantling, and Nico Collins. That is where this matchup goes. In my opinion, even though we're talking the blowout, Ernie's going to destroy him. Eckler, Najee, and Mixon are better than Pollard, Etienne, and Aaron Jones, but the gap is smaller than when you're looking at Jamar Chase, Jefferson, and Sutton and these receivers. That's where the major disparity is going to be. But again, What do you got to say about that? <laughs> first, I've got to say that I got chills here in blowout of the week. Oh, Ooh. we're back. The first one is out there in the universe. Will it happen? Will it not? Find out. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. But no, I, I mean, again, just like Jimbo's not surprised, I don't think any of us are surprised that this is the blowout pick. I will point out it's interesting that Eric has listened to us, uh, mainly you, in your premonition about Russell Wilson throwing seven touchdowns in week one. So he's got the Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton stack fired up instead of Joe Marturo. So wow, going against his namesake. And maybe a little uh, karmic retribution coming there. 
But I still think, like you said, your point about Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Cortland Sutton, totally outclassing Jim's receivers is is the main thrust of it here. Not to mention Kyle Pitts is going to be way better than Noah Fant. So. Yeah, not to mention Kyle Pitts, the, the darling dandy of everyone's hearts and minds, and even sneak guys coming around to him. So that's going to be a huge disparity as well. Agreed. I do think, though, you said that the, the gap between the two running back uh, groups is small. I, I do agree, and I do think that Tony Pollard is going to have a really good game. I, I was down on Zeke, but I think Pollard Pollard will be utilized in the passing game, will be utilized to he'll get carries. Uh, he brings a different element, and uh, I'm just – I think he'll. I think he'll have a better game than Zeke in the in the week one matchup against the Bucks. I don't think either will be great, but I just see him still. To your point, making that gap between the running backs even smaller. And everyone knows I'm down on Najee this year, so he'll have like fifteen and be fine. That's my that's my prediction. Yeah, but nothing great, and not not the proje- projections of twenty two. You talking Najee? Najee, yeah. He better be good. But I think, like I made, I said, I think I said this about Gooch. Don't think I, I might have even said this about Brendan again. But you've got name, and at least you know Najee's case, he's got one year. But Mixon, Eckler, Najee, like again, could easily be three of the top fifteen running backs. We're pretty much you could and you could say that about Gucci's team and Brandon's team. They pretty much got the stranglehold. I mean, I might keep saying this about everybody. I would say that's nine of the top fifteen running backs this year. That I'd say that's pretty accurate. I mean, you could even go down to Eric's team. We're talking receivers now. I know I think where I knew where you were going with running back there, but Brandon Brandon Coates, Mark Cooper, Tyler Boyd, Juju, Amra. Like those are all 100% startable receivers that are going to be good that should be on someone else's team. How does, how does he just have so many? He has a whole second team down there. My bad. Okay, dang. I was just... really, I guess, his running back. So he doesn't have to. Oh, he's got Montgomery. He's Montgomery, and that's pretty much it. Maybe Walker, second half of the year, if he's the starter. So he's really only got one. Starting running back on the bench. Not as deep as if he did have Javante. That's the thing, right? Even who are we down here looking at Jimbo? He's not even playing his number one pick, Garrett Wilson, but he's only projected for five points because probably Flacco and Jets are probably going to be horrible. So sorry, Jimbo. Sorry, Jim. Blow out of the week. Moving on to our next matchup, we've got new guy Jason, our tied for seventh spot, Herb Stomped, versus the number five team, Sawyer Payton, managed by our guy Smith Ben 08. Smith Ben 08, the, uh, the guy that just, does he really know that he's playing fantasy football? <laughs> but anyway, take it away. No. This matchup could be interesting. This matchup could definitely be interesting. It's it's a close one in our rankings, five and seven. So I think if if Jason does win and it's an upset, it's a small one. I do think 
Ben has enough just to edge out Jason, and that's on the back of uh, a big running back disparity. So kind of opposite of what you're saying about Eric and Jim, we've got Jonathan Taylor and Alvin Kamara on one side for Ben, and then Antonio Gibson and Damian Harris on the other side for Jason. Two guys that have, like, the whole narrative all offseason has been, like, they're losing their jobs. They're going to be, like, at best, a 50-50 split. And and maybe now for Antonio, that's looking up because Brian Robinson is, is not available. I do think, though, that J.D. McKissick will still be involved. I think that, again, there's there's a limit as to how much they're going to use him. He's not going to get 20 carries even without Brian Robinson. I think they're just done, unfortunately, because he's been good. And then with Damian Harris, he probably will still get the first carry for the Patriots. He probably will get the goal line work, but no pass catching, and he's going to lose some carries to to Ramondre. So looking at the other side where it's Taylor and Kamara, those guys are the offenses basically for their two teams. Uh, I think a big, a big difference there and the reason why Ben wins. Yeah, for sure agreed with that. It's all about the opportunity and the volume, and Taylor and Kamara are going to have that in spades all year, especially week one with some juicy matchups. Taylor against Houston, mm-hmm. Kamara against Atlanta. I'm expecting some huge numbers out of them. I can't agree with you more. I'm super sad to see what's happened to Antonia, uh, but even with Big Brian out for at least the first four weeks, you might see Gibson get a couple of carries, probably make a mistake, probably like lose yards and the Rivera can just go to someone random will start running the ball or he's just going to throw, he's just going to give him a kiss at 10 targets or Washington's just not even going to have enough firepower slash opportunities on offense to really make Gibson viable. And plus when he's out there on kickoffs and punt returns, he's about liable to lose at least a touch on that series, you would assume. Mm-hmm. So it, not, not good. This matchup comes down to a, uh, really, the receiver category here with Cup, DJ Moore, uh, Devontae Smith against Deontay Johnson, Diggs, and Adams. Uh, I would give uh, uh, Jogan our, the, the edge there receiving wise, uh, but really, you could probably make the case. Uh, oh, and then he's got Ra- Allen Robinson, forgot, uh, down there in the, in the flex. So definitely give him the receiving tick mark on uh, the uh, advantage there. Don't like what he's got on tight end currently. You better get Johnu in there. Better uh, do it, Jason. I mean, it's if you know anything about this coming sneak show, uh, this is Johnu comes back and has a really, really good, good year this year. You know what? Johnu might even get the goal line carry over Damian Harris. Yeah, that's very, very likely. So uh, take a hard look at that tight end spot. Uh, I do like Komet, though, this year. I see a lot of negative game script with there should prove to Komet to at least get himself into the five, six catches every game. Hopefully, you know, a couple of scores here and there. Uh, but, yeah, the edge goes to to, to Ben Sawyer, Sawyer Payton the, at, at Smith Ben 08. Ben, now that you're you're last year, you were at the top for a while. And this year you're, you know, slated to be hopefully back at the top a little bit. Let's uh, let's just keep it going. This matchup is fun when you look at the fact that we, on Thursday night in the first game, we get to see kind of the split and distribution with Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson. And then these two teams have those guys. So that's yeah, going to be really important. I didn't even realize we got Allen Robinson, 
So Jogan or Jay, uh, Dason has <laughs> Allen Robinson and Diggs in that opening game, mm-hmm. and then Ben has Cup. Uh, Singletary right now. Singletary if he stays there, so yeah. yeah, there's just a lot of players, and we talked about this. You want to have shares in these offenses, and this is going to be a matchup to where you could almost call. I mean, not really because of Taylor and Kamara, what we just said, but there's going to be. You might have a pretty good idea what's going to happen in this matchup come after Thursday. Mm-hmm. But we still we still give a slight edge to Ben. So Jason, unfortunately for him, has to kick off his LV Dynasty career with an L. Moving on to just a fun matchup of, of two characters in our league. Tyler, still Nashville, USA, <laughs> uh, the number 11th ranked team. Versus Doug's number tied for seven team still NBA greater than NFL. Just two guys that are that are mainstays that have been in the league since the beginning. But a, another two guys. Do they know that they're in the league? So I think I look at this and the projections and our rankings would say that. Doug should win, and looking at his roster, it, it's better. He's got Kyler Murray and James Conner in that Chiefs-Cardinals matchup that we've talked about already that should be high scoring. Both those guys should be heavily involved. He's got Derrick Henry in a good matchup against the Giants, and a fresh Derrick Henry should absolutely smash. Leonard Fournette in that Sunday night primetime game against the Cowboys. Again, he's the third. he's the three-down back for a good offense. Probably a, a high-scoring game, so looks good there. His receivers are iffy uh, after Debo Samuel, so Christian Kirk with the Jags. Let's see how that goes. And Chase Claypool, who his offseason is kind of an up and down. Is he going to be? Uh, is is he going to be completely written out of the offense because of George Pickens, or does him moving to the slot and him being so big become an advantage? So. That's where Doug's question marks are, but he's strong everywhere else. T, on the other hand, you know, he's got big names in Aaron Rodgers and DK Metcalf. Both of those guys are in worse situations than they were last year, fantasy-wise. So you'd expect a little bit of a decline there. He's got the offseason's rookie darling Damian Pierce against the, the Colts. But, again, if they fall behind, the Texans, that is, do they keep Damian Pierce in, or is it the Rex Burkhead show? That was a question in my matchup, and I think we'll factor in heavily here as well. Tyler Sitton with a big Thursday night slate with Gabe Davis, Tyler Higby, and James Cook. So like you were saying um, with, with the previous matchup, that Thursday outcome could really be a factor in how this fancy matchup turns out. And I think that Gabe Davis being really the, the main part of that, I think he I, – I do just feel like he's going to have a pretty big game. And I feel like that with the other two guys who, who should also benefit from a shootout, that leads to this matchup being our upset of the week. Scum and Sneak upset of the week? Scum and Sneak upset of the week. Upset of the week. Yeah, yeah. Upset of the week. Upset of the week. Tyler, the former Alaskan Nobad, now the 
desert dwelling nomad. Mm. Mm. He gets a much needed morale boosting, smile inducing, fun feeling, happy win as week one matchup against Doug. His team puts it all together. They find the scraps. They find the will to win. They climb the mountain. They trudge through the snow. They do whatever it takes to get there, and they get it. Tyler gets his his week one win against Doug. All the points that you mentioned, all the players that you've got on both sides, it's just you look at the matchup, you're like, oh, and then you're like, oh, and then you're like, maybe, and then you're like, huh. And then you're like, could be. And then you're like, ooh, old. And then you're like, uh, new, different, fat, silly, <laughs> cool, buff. I, it, it just, it just, you can say all of the things that you want with this matchup. Uh, but it's going to come down to uh, really uh, tease, just will to win. And he pushes it over the edge. He is the upset of the week. Doug goes down. Maybe this is one of those t- those things, those uh, matchups I was talking about, to where like you come out the gate kind of fumbling, and then you go, "Hmm, maybe my team is not as good as I convinced myself that it was." But there are rumors that Doug's leaving the league. There are rumors that uh, he may not, he made his heart may not be in it anymore. So maybe he doesn't care. Uh, we don't like to say that or think that in this league because we all care. And we all want everyone to be competitive. But if Doug comes out, gets upset like we're predicting, does he say this team is not that good? Or does he say it's a fluke? It's week one. I listen to the Scum and Sneak show, and they say that week one there are a lot of flukes, and this is just one of them, and I'm going to uh, rest on the fact that I've got really good pieces and some okay pieces that can put it all together, and I would be just fine. Be interesting to say what Doug says. But if we can try to get a mic on Doug on this weekend, would be uh, would be really key for us to know what really goes on in that brain to see, uh, you know, where his where he really, you know, where he really wants his team and his life to go in the fantasy football world. I can give you the audio from Doug this weekend during football. You ready? Uh-huh. Here's my impression of Doug uh, if we were giving Mike on Sunday. Hmm. End scene. Riveting. Riveting stuff, and I, it just it makes so much sense now to me. And that's why you're getting upset, Doug. That's why you're getting upset, Doug. And now our last matchup of the week. Big sneak guy, sneak hmm. ink, a number 10 team versus his old shop compatriot, Wade Gee Buttersnaps, who hmm. was our fourth ranked team. Hmm. A lot of history between these two, a lot of trade history. You used to have the pipeline on him, and now that belongs to Jim. Yeah, now uh, I, you, you can't even get him to, to, to look at you. We got. Big quarterback matchup, Josh Allen on Wade's side, Dak Prescott on your side, both in primetime games. We got a little reverse Dak action because Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb um, Mm -hmm. on opposite ends of the fantasy matchup here. Looking at the running backs, um, sorry to say not in your favor. 
Oof, they are. I, this, you know what I was talking about earlier, and I, I've said it now a hundred times this episode. There's a lot of players who've got really good running backs, kind of got the stranglehold on, you know, top guys. I literally don't even have a starting running back. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's tough beans. But, you know, Elijah Mitchell is questionable. He just started practicing last week. I haven't seen, maybe I missed it. I don't know if he's slated to play. Even if he does, I don't think it's going to be heavy workload. I think we're going to see a lot of Jeff Wilson and Jordan Mason. So, you know, maybe, maybe not as big of a blow there, but I would expect Nick Chubb to run all over the Panthers. So, so you're going to have to deal with that. On the receiver end, Wade, I think, still does have some questions, namely Jalen Waddle, who, again, is back in practice, but how involved is he going to be uh, coming off of an injury? If he, if he does stay in Wade's lineup and acts more like a decoy, funnels to Tyreek, I think you can still withstand that where he's got like one and a half receivers versus having two strong ones there. And if if Bateman is who we think he might be and has a good game, if London plays and catches a touchdown, I think the receiver matchup is not as lopsided. But that being said, I think Wade has the depth to withstand any of those injuries or if they're last-second scratches because instead of Elijah Mitchell, Wade can just put in Cordero Patterson or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Instead of Jalen Waddle, he can just put in uh, Kadarius Tony, if he plays, or roll, roll out one of the rookies and see what happens with Sky Moore, or bump Mike Williams up from that flex spot, and again flexing those running backs I talked about. So how close this matchup turns out depends on how much Wade is paying attention. If he tweaks this lineup a little bit, gets rid of some of the risk, I think he's going to be fine. And I do think, you know, even if some of those guys underperform, like Elijah Mitchell or Jalen Waddle, then he still has got enough. Josh Allen in that primetime game should should be really good. Mike Williams should be really good. So those those are the pieces along with like Nick Chubb who I talked about that carry him to a win. Uh, despite you having some, I think you got some spunk with with Dak, with Bateman, with Renfro, and the number one kicker, number one defense, like you always have. Yep, I always keep a solid top tier kicker and defense ready to to deploy at you every week. I could probably get I could get 20 points from all four of my receivers wherever I play, and I'll still will nowhere near be enough. My running backs are absolutely atrocious. Don't even have a starter. I'm, I got Snoop Connor, whoever that is. <laughs> There's like uh, as my guy right now. But uh, I will mention that while we were talking about this, I went and I did go and pick up Dyer Lumbawale. Ooh, there he is. Good so, pickup. He is the third running back for the Texans, so. Maybe Damian Pierce uh, just uh, is, is dumb or gets hurt, and Rex is like, I'm super old. I can only play for so long, and Dyer just gets himself like a, a sneaky touchdown. I don't know. Agumba Wall has been one of those guys that's like, he's always in the mix on whatever teams he's on, right? Like, even not heavily, but he's always like five carries, couple targets. And it's like just enough to annoy yeah. whoever has the other like just enough to running backs. Really? Is he really getting? I mean, yeah. let's say he does get five carries. You're gonna be like, wow, is that enough? I mean, 
Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying, but yeah, Wade uh, mops the floor with me. Not necessarily something that I'm too upset with uh, because I am trying to get my hands on some running backs next year. Uh, but if I, in my opinion, kind of in the future, if these receivers pan out pretty, to be pretty decent, I get myself on a couple starting running backs last year, next year. Next year will be about when Schneek is back into the fold uh, looking for that playoff push again. Uh, I could easily be down 40 points after Thursday night uh, with Josh Allen. Uh, yeah, this might be, yeah. Remains to be seen there. But I know that I'm probably going to get like 15 from my boy McPherson. Uh, I am going to be playing Dawson Knox so I can watch him on Thursday. Oh, and reverse stack there. Reverse stack, Alan Dawson Knox. Maybe Dawson Knox gets me, you know, one of the four or five touchdowns Josh Allen's going to have. So, mm-hmm. you know. There, crazier things have happened, Wade. So just uh, don't write me off yet, but uh, you better just hope that uh, my running backs, the league better just hope that my running backs stay what they are all year. Because once I get some playable running backs in there, those uh, those weekly projections are going to start to climb, and you're going to be worried about playing old shaky guy. All right, that's the matchups. That's the matchups week one. Congratulations to all those that we picked to win. And as always, we're mostly right. So watch out. Mm, it is just, uh, I just cannot freaking wait to see how these matchups play out and week one in general plays out. I'm excited. All right, let's get into our bread and butter here, Shane. This is, this is where we make our hay. Mm-hmm. Hopes and dopes for the week. One of my favorite things to do. I'm excited. I'm going to go first just because I'm so excited, if you don't mind. No, go ahead. Hit, hit us with it. And, of course, my first hope has to come from my matchup. Mm-hmm. But it's not on my team, sadly. I don't, I don't have the juice to have a hope on my team right now. So my team is going to be – or my hope is going to be on Chase's team. And I think we alluded to some of this earlier. One, you've always got to roll with your namesake. And I mentioned that Cam Akers might not be that great on Thursday night. I think that – Chase, it'd be a safer play to kind of get him out and see how he does, see how much work he gets, uh, how much Daryl Henderson is involved. So my hope this week is Chase Edmonds. I think Chase Lopez should put Chase Edmonds in his flex. Uh, I really like Chase Edmonds this year. I think he's going to be – he's going to be in a rotation, but he's going to be involved in a lot of good ways in that Mike McDaniel run offense. So. A little bit safer play just to see how things go. And again, you just want to play your namesake. You gotta you gotta have that good juju out there. It's, that is true. It's a very good point. And then my dope this week comes from that Thursday night game as well. It's not Cam Akers, but it's the running back on the other side. It's Devin Singletary for Ben. I just think that's like that backfield is too much of a mess. I think that game becomes a shootout. So while he is more of a pass catcher than like a Zach Moss, I think we do see a really good showing from James Cook on Thursday. And Singletary is just kind of like bleh. So I think Ben should play Rashad Penny, even though it's a, it's a matchup where we expect the Seahawks to be behind. Kenneth Walker is not going to play. So Penny should get still the majority of the work, both rushing and receiving out of the backfield. Again, go with your fandom, Ben, not just Devin Singletary, who you 
you know, drafted in the first or whatever at some point four years ago. I don't know. I like those hopes and right there. Yeah, got to go with the namesake, Chase Edmonds. You know what I didn't mention with the running backs again with Gooch? He's got those three starters. He's got Edmonds on the bench, which mm-hmm. I like too this year. And then you got A.J. Dillon, who's, who's yeah. expected to get – you know, a lot more work than he has been in the past couple of years. So, again, running back-wise, Gooch is set up. But, yeah, got to go with Chase Edmonds uh, this year. He, he's getting paid like the starter. Uh, he should be getting to work like the starter. Uh, so, I think it'd be – I think you watch and see kind of what you mentioned about the acres, see what that production looks like, and then see what Chase Edmonds can get in there and do. Absolutely, yeah. Just just safer. Not that he's really in that much danger, but – you know, you do want to put out your best lineup and just in case, like you said, stranger things have happened. So what do you got for us this week for hopes and dopes? All right. Well, I was going to go, I wasn't going to focus on myself, but I'm going to week one. Let's go. I've been back and forth and I think I just need to put it out in the universe. And I just got to say my hope this week and kind of my hope all year is going to be Rashad Bateman. Yep. Because I traded two first for them. Granted, they were the 11 and 12 of this last draft of the the first round. But you give up two first round picks for a somewhat unproven second year receiver who's supposed to be getting the number one looks and duties and job opportunity there with the Ravens. So really, I need to I need to see if if Bateman is going to live up to what I traded for him and what hopefully all the 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 clamoring about for the Ravens is going to be to see if he can be their number one and Lamar Jackson can build up a nice rapport with him. So that's who I'm saying my hope this week and for just my team, uh, kind of a year there with, with Bateman on the hope. My dope, and this is going to be coming full circle uh, from what I was talking about in the past year or two, what I thought about, and it may be, that the, this might be the last time I really talk about him, but it's going to be Antonio Gibson. Oh, I think it was just fitting for me to make him my dope week one. He's literally going to be doing punt returns and kick returns, and you just don't put starting running backs in those positions. So the dope this week, Dason, is, is that Antonio maybe starts out with like a carrier two on the first drive or two, and then they just completely go off of him and it's McKissick and it's Jonathan Williams and it's whoever else it may be. And at Gibson, you're going to be seeing too many camera pans over to him, frustrated on the bench, standing there, not getting any playing time. It doesn't matter that big Brian's out for me. And, you know, I called him to be, I think we had a segment last year about the top young players at the positions or the top eight. And, and I just, I, I bungled it completely that he's just for some reason is hated by that, that team. So my dope this week is Antonio Gibson and really just doesn't, uh, it's just not going to be good for him moving forward ever. Yeah. Sad to see that where you've come, you know, from last year on Antonio, but you know, you can't just stick to saying the same thing, especially when, Ron Rivera and the team are saying that, no, we're not, he's not it, you know, and I think that's because of the fumbles. If maybe 
he gets a fresh shot somewhere else. Cause I, I think I would assume that regime is just kind of over. I don't think he can come back from it, but yeah. he's a shot, shot somewhere else and improves his ball security. You know, maybe we get a resurgence, but yeah, I, I agree on that dope call. And then back to your hope, I, I'm all, I'm, I'm in on Bateman. You know, I've supported that trade of yours um, on the show and outside of it. And also looking at those picks, I, I think it's justified for sure. Yeah. Um, and I've also been targeting Bateman in redraft leagues too. Like I, I think that at least the volume is going to be there. Right. So regardless of, or that that's already done, the volume's there. It's just a matter of what he does with it. Like, can he succeed? Can he come down with those targets? Can he do a little bit after the catch? Can, you know, can he sustain that workload? And I, I don't see any reason why he, he can't uh, other than like he dealt with injuries last year. So yeah, um, I think Bateman's a good hope and I think that he'll uh, have a, have a nice little showing for you as a reward for your faith in him. Need the reward. Well, let's wrap up here with America's absolute favorite segment. We've already talked to this matchup to death already. It feels like, but it's time for, Scum and Sneak at the Thursday night game wrong. We get it wrong, but sometimes we get it right. Oh, and what a matchup it is. Rams versus Bills on Thursday night. The opener, the Super Bowl, the reigning Super Bowl champs, the the really good Bills team from last year <laughs> that lost in just the, the stunner to the Chiefs. Your Super Bowl pick for this year. We've talked about all the major fantasy pieces in it, but there's there's players galore that people will be watching for fantasy. So what is your prediction for the game? My prediction for the game is the Bills will win 38-28. Kind of a little bit of a 10-point big swing win there for them. It's just going to be offense, offense, offense. Just so much fun to watch, and hopefully it lives up to its billing. But that's my that's my uh, call. Bills win 38-20. I think I'm kind of along the same lines, like not a major blowout, but I say Bills, let's go 33-24. All right, 33-24. Weird score. For sure. <laughs> lots of field goals. Lots of uh, lots of bass. Lots of bass and gay. Yep. Just a bunch of kicking. Just a bunch of kicking going on. I got to get some Rams uh, Rams defensive points there. Hopefully get maybe a sack or two. Maybe a, maybe a fumble. I don't know. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll return a kick. Singletary will fumble for you, I feel like. Actually, isn't his whole thing not fumbling? I think so. <laughs> Moss will fumble for you. Don't worry. Yeah. Well, that's the week one episode. What a fun one it was. Super fun. Overshadowed, I think, just by the overall just excitement of week one. Uh, football is back. That's what we've been waiting for. Now we've just got four or five months of of the best you could ever hope for out of the Scum and Sneak show, the best uh, time of the year, football, fantasy football. Lock in, folks, because it's going to be a wild ride.
Oh, can't wait. Thanks to everyone listening. Thank you, Shneek. I just, I cannot wait to get this rolling, to get it started, and see how all these teams fare. Have a, have a happy week one with your friends and family, and bye. two people out on PTO at work and I don't even care. This is more important. Hopefully no one from uh, work ever. Here's this. (laughs)